NHPR's The Exchange podcast is brought to you in part by Granite State College, Keene State College, Plymouth State University, and the University of New Hampshire, your university system. Imagine what you can accomplish here. From New Hampshire Public Radio, I'm Laura Canoy, and this is The Exchange. It's our annual summer book show today in The Exchange. What you need to know about what you want to read this summer. We're talking with the owners of three independent bookstores. And as always, their recommendations, as well as any titles that come up from our guests or from you, our listeners, will be put on our web posts later today at nhpr.org exchange. So listeners, tell us how have your reading habits changed this year? And what are you looking for in a summer book? Our email is exchange at nhpr.org. Once again, exchange at nhpr.org. And our phone number is 800-892-6477. We're talking with Dan Chartrand of Water Street Bookstore in Exeter, Michael Herman of Gibson's Bookstore in Concord, and Benjamin Paisley of Bookery Manchester. Well, a big welcome to everybody. Happy almost summer. And 15 months, who's counting? 15 months into this pandemic, the trends do seem to be heading in the right direction. But it's been a tough ride for a lot of New Hampshire businesses. And I'm curious how things are going at your store. And Dan Chartrand, you first, please. Thanks, Laura. I appreciate you having me on today. Um, we've actually, um, we're, we're very grateful. We've had a lot of our um, patrons seek us out more often than they did before the pandemic. I think they've gone out their way to support uh, our local business as well as other local businesses and um, so we're actually up over our numbers before the pandemic which is which is crazy um, there's some other factors that go into that but the overwhelming factor is is our patrons have just really gone out of their way to support us and we're very grateful wow dan so is it because people were reading more during the pandemic and you know, they wanted to support you, so they weren't just, you know, clicking on Amazon? I, I, I think they were very intentional about supporting independent businesses during the pandemic. I think that's the overwhelming thing. Obviously, everyone had more time. They were in the market for more reading. Um, but, uh, but overwhelmingly, they made an intentional choice to support ours and other local businesses in New Hampshire. Wow, Benjamin, how about you? How is it going at Bookery Manchester? It's been a tough year. Yes, it has. It's been going really good here though. We've had a lot of great turnout, um, especially for our independent bookstore day. It was awesome to see how many people came out and supported us and the love and just how much support we have. And then the cafe part of our store is finally getting an operator. Uh, I can't say exactly who that may be because I haven't gotten to go ahead, but coming here soon, we should have an operator in the cafe. So uh, look forward to that. Wow, yeah, because cafe operations, right, Benjamin? That's an important part of a, a bookstore's success these days. And I, I was in Manchester about a month, well, a couple weeks ago, and I thought I saw like an outside um, cafe at, at Bookery, is that right? Oh, it's not necessarily an outside cafe, it's the outside seating space that we have, the outdoor I seating see. Yeah. at the Jersey Barriers <laughs> to come back, and we were able to put some tables out there. So we do have uh, ample outdoor seating yeah and is it your sense dan chartrand talked about this too is it your sense benjamin that your customers were just wanting to read more like they were actually seeking out books more than the year before during the pandemic yeah oh yes ma'am hugely um everybody went because 
the, the escape. They wanted to escape. They didn't want to be necessarily here in the real world. They wanted to be somewhere else differently. So yeah, we got a lot of uh, readers and a lot of uh, younger people as well came in a lot more doing, I mean, wanted to read as the pandemic was here as well too. So it was really cool to see the, the amount, the vast amount of people who really were like, nope, let's read, let's do something different. So it was really cool. Well, I'm glad you said escape because I'm going to ask you guys all about escapist books uh, in a moment. So, uh, Michael, how about you? How's it going at Gibson's after, you know, these crazy 15 months? Well, it's um, as with the other two booksellers, um, you know, it's been great to see all the community support we've had. And um, uh, as Dan reported, our sales are up over pre-pandemic levels. And I think people just got used to being at home and they, you know, they got uh, tired of jigsaw puzzles and they ran out of things to watch on Netflix. And I think just a home-centered life means more reading and we're, we're grateful for that. Wow, well, I have one more question just about sort of how it's going and where you guys are at, and then we're just gonna talk books. But um, Michael, what about live in-person events? I mean, Gibson's is known for, you know, packing the house for authors and politicians. What are you thinking about now, Michael, in terms of having, you know, physical people in your physical space? Well, we're we're very um, we're being very cautious about it. Um, we're not jumping right into it. We're still planning a lot of Zoom events, and we're planning one event for mid July with a local author who's very conscious of COVID precautions. And so we're going to kind of use that as a test case. To and we're not going to you know usually with events the the idea is to jam as many people into your store for like a 60 to 90 minute presentation as possible and we don't think that's a good idea right now um so we're we're just sort of feeling our way and trying to figure out what the best practices will be i will say that the major publishers are doing the same thing they're slowly transitioning from a zoom orientation to to more of an in-person um orientation but they're not rushing into it either so we we expect to see some events in the store this fall but we but probably still a hybrid model moving forward oh that's interesting kind of taking taking your cue from the publishers and just moving it slowly um benjamin i remember the last time we talked um you described that the energy in your store when you had a full house this is before the pandemic actually right before the pandemic february i think pete Buttigieg came to speak and you talked about like just how great that was for you as a business person and a community member. What's your thinking, Benjamin, about events now at your store? So first off, you have a great memory. I don't know if you wrote that down. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. Um, so our, our establishment is a little bit different. I'm not sure I haven't been to uh, Gibson's. I haven't actually been out of the city for a little while. Um, we have the cafe in it. And as I mentioned, we're getting the operator soon. So it uh, has the complicated era of no masks and masks of the retail space and the restaurant space being put together. So it's a little uh, nerve wracking, it's a little frustrating because we do have a establishment here where people are, they feel safe, they feel comfortable to come in. We do require masks upon entry. Uh, we've been known for that as one of the businesses down here to always require masks. But now that we have the restaurant coming in, it's going to have people who don't wear masks. So we're, we're trying to accommodate both. As for events, we've had our first author event, Miss Susan McGowan, McGowan on Beyond the Tango. Uh, she was brave enough to come in. And since our last, not since our last, um, Christmas, when we did Christmas last year, we set up a huge plexiglass like kind of uh, stand that you can stand behind or sit behind and speak. So we set her behind that and a microphone behind it. And then we kind of spaced the chairs out. 
uh, six feet apart, and it went amazing. It was she got a oh, huge wow. turn. People were ready to be in person, so they came with their masks in hand, and they enjoyed it, and it was a good time. So we're we're trying to figure out how we can still accommodate both. Uh, we're still taking it kind of slow, day by day, trying to figure out because we're in a weird mix because people are vaxxed, and I understand if you're vaxxed, what's the point in the mask? I get it. I still want to be safe, but it's just a weird time. But we're taking it day by day, taking it slow. Yeah. Yeah, it is a weird time in terms of that. You're absolutely right. And, and Dan Chartrand, how about you? What are you thinking about in terms of in-person events? Well, uh, before the pandemic, our events program was very uh, community and locally oriented. Um, so we didn't have as much of a fall off um, as some of the uh, stores that maybe did the, the mega events. Um, when we go back to events, probably this fall is what we're slotting. Um, our events have always been kind of, uh, you know, again, very local, very community oriented. And um, we think that we'll be able to do that safely. I confirm what Benjamin's saying. This is a very strange time right now. We continue to have a mask mandate in our store, um, but the local mandate in the community and of course the state mandate has gone away. So it is a strange time, um, but uh, we're erring on the side of caution. We're asking everyone to continue to wear their mask out of respect for those who aren't vaccinated. And we want to be able to treat everyone equally. Uh, so that's how we're treating everyone equally. Well, sure. And some younger people haven't had the opportunity yet to get fully vaccinated because they were last in line. So worth noting for sure. I want to remind listeners that you can join us. It is our summer book show. We're talking with three independent booksellers today on The Exchange. And as always, we'll have a great summer reading list for you when it's all done, because any books coming up today, including our guests' recommendations, including the books that you, our listeners, recommend, will be on our web post a little bit later. It's nhpr.org slash exchange. Join us now with an email. Tell us what you are planning to read this summer or what you loved to read over the last 15 months. Again, our email is exchange at nhpr.org. And our phone number is 800 892 6477. So guys, emails already coming in. Lynn says, I'm on a Paul Theroux kick. Cannot get enough of him. Luckily, he's written over 50 books. Wow. I have read many, but not yet all. I'm reading The Last Train to Zona Verde right now. I like his very new Under the Wave at Waimea. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, Lynn, but thank you. And anyone who likes a surfing scene, who has sympathy for Vietnam veterans, could read this book and like the time spent with it. Lynn says, I also recommend his very recent On the Plane of Snakes, where he drives his Massachusetts plated car to Mexico and makes one feel the complexity of our border. Readers and moviegoers will remember his Mosquito Coast, but all of his many books are good, good reads. Lynn, thank you for that. Here's one from PJ who says, I read Jasmine Guillory's The Proposal last year. So not brand new, but it was really fun. A good summer romance read. And um, PJ also tells us that Jasmine Guillory is the queen of contemporary romance, according to Oprah magazine. And I know Oprah has a lot of influence with um, what Americans read. So relating to what PJ said, gentlemen, you probably know where I'm going with this. Fun, a fun summer read. And boy, after what we've been through, uh, some people really might be looking to relax with what the Washington Post calls a feel-good, happy ending book. So starting off with that, um, Michael, I think I'll turn to you first. What's at the top of your list for just that classic, big, fun summer book, Michael? 
Well, that's a that's a really good question because um, because I tend to read darker stuff myself. Oh, I shouldn't have started with you. Sorry. <laughs> let, me, let me just let me just sort of back into the into the answer. Uh, we recently, after a few years of kicking it back and forth, uh, set up a romance section in the bookstore. And these are these are books that sort of by definition they have conflict, but they generally have a happy ending. And the sales in that section have taken off. I, I do think that people really do um look for that sort of material and it's 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 fun and, and you know it's it's adult fiction it's, it's uh, young adult fiction sort of crossover stuff but uh i'm really i'm really glad that uh, some of our booksellers have taken ownership of that section and really populated it with some fun novels and uh i'm really gratified that it's taken off we put it right next to the uh nobel and pulitzer prize winner section just kind of to make a statement like you know it's a big universe of books out there and here's some stuff that you might enjoy whether it's prize winners or feel-good books and right. um yeah, that's been a lot of fun yeah you could go back and forth maybe between the pulitzer and the you know the uh, harlequin Absolutely. <laughs> how about you benjamin sort of okay it doesn't have to have a happy ending but just like a big summer book that you're just like gonna want to grab onto and, and bite into this summer I'm I'm similar to Michael. It's not necessarily dark, but I haven't been reading for pleasure lately. I've been reading for like personal gain. But I think summer book for me, uh, with all the craze of like crypto and the stock market, I've been really reading The Intelligent Investor by Benjamin Graham. Uh, that's a big book for me that I've been trying to get into. Uh, it's 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 dry for me, um, but. Uh, that's my big summer book. And I do agree with Michael too, because our romance section has taken off as well too. And I think that's because since people were so cooped up, that's how they got to, I guess, live that connection or being like on a date or that steamy uh, little <laughs> bit, Will, um, because we've seen a huge uh, uptick in that as well too. But as for a fun summer book, unfortunately I don't have one because I'm on the, <laughs> the spectrum of not really reading for a whole lot of pleasure. Well, and you're right, Benjamin, sometimes people read for, I mean, I myself read for fun, um, but that's because my work is all about very serious reading. So, but you're right, some people use summer reading as a chance to like really dive into something and learn something. So, um, so that's great. And we're definitely going to tackle nonfiction too in a moment. But Dan Chartrand, how about you? Sort of the, the big, you know, what we used to call a beach read. I don't know if people call it that anymore, but uh, go ahead, Dan Chartrand. Thanks, Laura. Um, I do have a book uh, that our uh, bookseller Aaron read and is recommending. It's called The Soulmate Equation by Christina Lauren. And uh, here's what she says about it. She says this book centers on a relatable single mom, her adorable daughter, and a so somewhat grumpy scientist who is trying to revolutionize matchmaking through DNA testing. Thanks to a pushy best friend, the couple gets together after a chance interaction in a coffee shop. A classic romance with a contemporary storyline and a happily ever after that feels real and earned. And that's The Soulmate Equation by Christina Lauren. Okay, that's got all the elements right there. Yep. So check, Thank check, you, check. Yeah, right. <laughs> Michael Harm, did you want to jump back in on that? Yeah, let me just say that I, I, uh, I did actually have a book to suggest. <laughs> um, um, Chris Bajalian has a new book. It's called The Hour of the Witch. And um, he's, he's famous for really being able to get into the internal emotional lives of his women characters. And this one is, is perfect, a perfect example of that. It's, it's the 1660s, it's Boston. 
uh, a woman named Mary Deerfield is in an abusive marriage and she's trying to get out of it. And um, as it goes with the times, she's accused of witchcraft. And uh, it's Chris, Chris told me that he, he thinks that this might be one of one of his novels that might be read 30 years from now. He's really very proud of it. And I think it's great. Um, and it's got a twist ending that that you might not see coming. Um, and it was very, very gratifying. I thought it was, uh, it's, it's a perfect summer read. Uh, so that's, so that's Hour of the Witch by Chris Bajalian. Yeah, and he's a Vermont author, right, Michael? And um, He is, yeah. right across the border in the upside down state. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very well known and liked in this area. We had him on the show a bunch of years ago and he was also incredibly funny. I just remember laughing um, very, very hard on the air. So that's great. And um, here's Bob from Rye, New Hampshire, who wrote, my wife and I started reading for 30 to 45 minutes every night before bed last year. It's been a great way to unwind and relax before going to sleep. Bob says, before that, I hadn't read any books since college. Dan at Water Street Bookstore kept my street going by having the Fellowship of the Ring in stock so that I could continue the trilogy after finishing The Hobbit. Bob, I'm so glad you wrote. In fact, my college son, who is home just recently, asked me just yesterday if we had that book and we were scrambling around looking for it. Dan, what about that? You know, obviously it's great to talk about new books um, by favorite authors and new authors, but I'm thinking sometimes people come to the store just to catch up on classics over the summer. Absolutely. In fact, uh, during the pandemic, we put a uh, Penguin Classics rack in and uh, it's done really well. A lot of people have uh, made the choice to go back and maybe fill in the classics that they missed when they were in school or that they never got a chance to read. Um, I would just say to Bob and Rye, uh, now you got to read The Silmarillion. The who what? The Silmarillion is kind of, uh, it's the genesis story of the world that J.R.R. Tolkien created. It's oh, a little okay. less narrative driven, but it explains so much about the world he created. All right. Hello. Well, while we're on, oh, did somebody want to jump in there, Michael? Oh, I'm sorry. That was just, I just wanted to second that. I love the Silmarillion. Oh, I wish okay. they would film it. All right. Well, somebody yeah, I, probably is thinking about it if they're not doing it already. Um, while we're on fiction, other fiction that you guys are recommending to your customers, Benjamin, what are you highlighting in terms of fiction at uh, Bookery Manchester? Oh, one second. We just have a uh, customer. It's kind of busy in the morning. One second. No problem. I want to let listeners know Benjamin's working while he's on the radio with us and uh, he's got to go out and tend to customers, which is which is great. That's what you want at a bookstore. Dan, how about you? Other fiction that you're recommending? Um, we do have a book that uh, Cynthia on our staff is recommending. It's called The Music of Bees by Eileen Garvin. Uh, she told me to mention this. She didn't give me a write up on it. But um, it, uh, the publisher says it's an emotionally powerful story of three lonely strangers who meet by happenstance and find themselves together on a lo small local bee farm. Bees are huge right now. Everyone's trying to support the pollinators. And uh, this is a, a fiction uh, book that uh, kind of takes that and weaves it into the plot. So Cynthia is recommending this. And she is the queen of feel-good novels in our store. Oh, that's great. Speaking of bees, right, queen? I don't know Please, if you did that exactly. on purpose, Dan, or not, but yeah. She's the queen. <laughs> Go ahead, Michael. Other fiction that you and your staff are just uh, loving this year. 
Well, let's just, um, there's a new book, um, it came out a couple of months ago, uh, well, actually one month ago, called The Plot by Jean Hemp uh, Korlitz. She, she's the author of uh, You Should Have Known, which was made into an HBO series called The Undoing with Nicole Kidman. And this is a new novel about, it's about a failed writer who somehow stumbles upon just the perfect plot that's going to be like a bestseller, a classic, but it's somebody else's plot. But then what happens, uh, what happens next? Uh, well, the fellow who came up with the plot um, dies prematurely. And, um, and all of a sudden this failed writer has this, has this gem and takes off with it. And then what happens next is, uh, is a great intricate uh, thriller, mystery, um, summer read. Uh, it's called The Plot. It's really good. Wow, that does sound good. And uh, Nina and Hancock wrote, if you're looking for a fun, laugh-out-loud funny book, read Dial A for Aunties by Jesse Q. Uh, Sutanto. Part rom-com, part murder mystery, and part cultural exploration of Chinese Indonesian family life. It is hilarious, contemporary, and I found myself reading passages out loud to my husband. So that's from Nina and Hancock. Thank you for writing, Nina. Again, our email address is exchange at nhpr.org. Once again, exchange at nhpr.org. And we will be putting all the titles that come up this hour including our guests' recommendations um, that they've sent us and also that they give on the air on our web post later today. It does take a little while to put it all together, so don't jump right after the show to look for it. But a little later today, we'll get that going, and that'll be a great summer reading list for you. You can find it at nhpr.org exchange. Benjamin, fiction that is flying off your shelves or that people are coming in and saying, hey, do you have this? Switch it up a little bit. We don't. I didn't go with the one that um, is flying off the shows, but one I wanted to recommend since the, today is the beginning of Pride Month. Uh, is that okay? Yeah, please. Okay, so you can one mention I want, both actually. The one that you're recommending, and yeah, go ahead. So the one I wanted to recommend was No Ashes in the Fire: Coming of Age, Black and Free in America, by Darnell L. Moore. Um, this one kind of stood out to me is because it resonates or is relatable to me um, as in being a black man in America. And since we're in Pride Month, how he's being tormented because he's gay and black in America. So um, it's a really good book. Um, definitely, I think we should all be reading more books like that, that show a different perspective of what it is to be black in America. And since we're in Pride Month to be gay and black and knowing that that's okay. And that that should be celebrated of who you want to be and we shouldn't be um, treating people bad because of it. Um, really good book. Uh, this is one of, this is recommended to me by one of my booksellers, Lily, here. So it's been, it's been really good. I haven't finished it yet, but it's been a really good read and I recommend it highly. Wow, give us the title again, Benjamin, please. Uh, no Ashes in the Fire, A Coming of Age, Black and okay. Free in America by Darnell L. Moore. Okay. And there was another one that you were going to mention too, Benjamin, that is just really popular. What was that one for fiction? Or just in general, they're fiction books that, you know, you find people are, are, uh, are eager, to, eager to buy. Well, the fiction books that are people, like, I haven't, seen and I, I didn't go over that one i was just getting one that i re wanted to recommend um 
Yeah, sure. Fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. And after a short break, we're going to take more recommendations from our listeners. And also, we'll turn to nonfiction because I know you guys have a lot there. Also, it seems to me that mythology is having a moment. So maybe we can talk a little bit about that. I know some of you also want to mention poetry. That's great. Keep your recommendations coming in. You can send them in by email to exchange at nhpr.org. Or you can give us a call at 800-892-6477. This is The Exchange. I'm Laura Canoy. Today, it's our annual summer book show. And remember that all the books mentioned this hour, as well as our guests' recommendations, will be put on our website later today. It's nhpr.org exchange. We're talking with three Granite State Independent Bookstore owners. They are Dan Chartrand of Water Street Bookstore in Exeter, Michael Herman with Gibson's Bookstore in Concord, and Benjamin Paisley of Bookery Manchester. Listeners, it's been great to hear your recommendations about what you're reading this summer, your questions about what you hope to read this summer, let us know by email. It's exchange at nhpr.org. Once again, exchange at nhpr.org. Or you can always give us a call, 800-892-6477. So all of you, here's William in Concord who says he's reading The Sum of Us, What Racism Costs Everyone, and How We Can Prosper Together by Rachel McGee. William says it's a page-turner analysis of how racism economically and otherwise affects everyone in America. Um, Thank you for the recommendation, William. And I did want to ask all of you, after the recent one-year anniversary of the killing by police of George Floyd and the 100th anniversary just recently of the Tulsa massacre, many Americans, including your readers, have been re-examining our country's history with an eye towards slavery and racism. I want to ask everybody, but Benjamin, you first, what are people still seeking here and, and what are you recommending in this space? Uh, still the the classics of, I mean, not the classics, the books that they were getting last year, people can get their hands on it, um, untamed uh, books of that nature. But a lot of people are more coming in for just knowledge and to actually, since last year, since we talked and we had that huge segment, they're coming in to talk to me specifically, and just to give knowledge and to uh, help out with anything in the community. Uh, People have been reading a lot of books. They've been coming saying um, they have a lot of their requests off NHPR, uh, chopping it up with me, asking me what can they be doing or how can I learn more. Uh, I point them in um, the direction that, well, I try to point them in the direction of other people, but it's kind of up to that said person. But just the same books they've always been reading, uh, The Untamed, The, oh, I forgot the names of them already. They're probably on the web post from our last show, so we'll, we'll dig them up. Oh, go ahead, Benjamin, yeah. It was uh, The Untamed, The White Fragility, um, and there are a couple more, but the, um, it has been kind of tough on me because now going over this again, all the uh, emotions and memories are coming back from last time we talked. So sorry about that if I'm breaking up a little bit. It's just bringing back a lot of emotions from uh, last year. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that was a, it was a hard time and we really appreciate you talking to us last time. And um, we do have the web post from the last show that we can link to 
on the web post for this show for more of those titles. But uh, Dan Chartrand, go ahead. I can see you want to jump in. Well, there's a, there's a few books that are just coming out or, or have released this spring that are sort of the next wave. Uh, one of the most important books that's just releasing now is by uh, Clint Smith. It's called How the Word is Passed. And uh, one of our booksellers, Erin, read this one. And um, she talks about uh, how Clint Smith is a poet and educator as well as a historian. And he describes seven sites of historical importance in the trans transatlantic slave trade. Um, Aaron says the beauty of his language is often at odds with the brutality of the stories he is telling. And this tension only draws the reader in further. Um, this was kind of uh, gonna be our, uh, our next book that we were recommending, but the, the media coverage of this book has been so great that it's not really a true secret of independent booksellers. The word is really out on this book. And again, the book is How the Word is Passed by Clint Smith. The other book that we have been recommending is actually a book by a UNH uh, professor, and it's called The uh, Disordered Cosmos, A Journey into Dark Matter, Space Time, and Dreams Deferred. It's by uh, Chanda Prescott-Weinstein, and she is, uh, she is on the faculty at UNH, both in the science department as well as the women's studies department. And this book has been selling very well for us. Michael, do you wanna jump in there too? Yeah, I, I will say that one of the one of the risks that everybody recognized early on was that there would be a wave of people buying books and talking about things and having book clubs, but then no meaningful action would take place. And so we're, we're trying to make sure, I mean, as bookstores, it's our task to make sure that people keep reading and discussing. Um, but, you know, taking action is is the responsibility of everybody who's doing the reading. I will say there's a couple of books that I would like to recommend. One is um, called You'll Never Believe What Happened to Lacey. And it's humor. And, and I think that um, one way to really to make these issues stick in people's minds is to, is to personalize them and make them understand that, you know, it's part, it's part of life that they, they really need to pay attention to. And humor can do that. Um, it can generate empathy. And uh, Amber Ruffin is, uh, is a, a comedian. She's a comic writer on Late Night with Seth Meyers. And her, she and her sister, uh, Lacey, have collaborated on a book that just recounts all the, the experiences of racism that they've had in their lives, um, including being stalked by loss prevention people at a chain store and being mistaken for, you know, every conceivable uh, Black woman who's, whose picture looks vaguely like theirs. It's... Um, it's a very funny book, and but just the accumulation of these stories makes you understand just the personal experience of racism in a way that these more abstract think pieces maybe don't. So I, th I think it's a very fine book and very valuable um, to recommend, even though it's in our humor section, which is a strange, strange way to be. Another one that's coming out at the end of the month is by the author of White Fragility, uh, Robin D'Angelo. And she was criticized because of the own voices movement it was like why is one of the most important books on racism by a white woman why can't you know people take you know white people take a back seat and let people tell their own stories and she leans into that criticism and her book is called nice racism how progressive white people perpetuate racial harm and it's coming out june 29th and uh, i haven't had a chance to read it yet but i'm really looking forward to, to her take on that 
Well, gentlemen, so much input from our listeners. So I want to go to them now and uh, let's take some calls and then I'll read some of the emails that are coming in. But uh, first to the phones, Reeve is calling from Wolfboro. Hi, Reeve, you're on the exchange. Go ahead. Hi, how are you? Uh, the first Good. thing I'll do is, is uh, and Laura, deep grief that we're going to miss you. Um, <laughs> the um, I want to second what Michael said. I think it was Michael about, you'll never believe what happened to Lacey. That is really, it's just an excellent, excellent book, especially for people who maybe, if you have relatives who don't think that racism is that big a problem or that it doesn't affect them or that they're not really racist, it's because it has a lighter touch, lighter with a form of horror that people actually behave this way to Lacey over and over and over and over. Um, So uh, most of the books I've been reading have actually been to educate myself more on what uh, the black history has been like in the United States that we were undertaught. But the book I'm actually going to recommend is um, by Andy Weir called Project Hail Mary. It's science fiction and it is so smart and really funny and I did not expect that. It's the same guy who wrote The Martian, which was made into a movie and that was okay, but this book is, I cannot more strongly recommend it. It's just a great read. Just smart and funny. Oh, that's great. Reeve, thank you for calling. And uh, I had heard about that other book. So I was interested in that. Thanks for joining us, Reeve. And let's go to Sheila in Putney. Hi, Sheila, you're on the exchange. Welcome. Hi. And I was I want to add that I just was thinking maybe you should make it an annual thing to come back on and do the summer reading list. <laughs> after <you> <laughs> <retire>. <laughs> We will miss you. Oh, that's really sweet. Thank you. I wanted to share a book that I had some something to do with. I didn't actually help with the book itself, but the book is called The Gathering, Reimagining Indigenous Settler Relations. And it's by Shirley Hager, who lives in Maine, and um, a group of people who call themselves Myopiani. And that's a name chosen to describe a group of co-authors, meaning in Passamaquoddy, let us sit together. And the story is about a group of, of us. I was involved in the, whole, in the whole group, but not in the book. And it's about a group of people who got together, I think it was 20 years ago now, but um, spent six years together um, in circles um, orchestrated by Native people, who um, Native and non-Native people together in a talking circle. So we used a talking stick, and we sat together, and we shared very intimately um, our situations and our thoughts and our feelings. And so it was a very um, deep exploration of the relationship between Native and non-Native people. Sheila, I'm glad you called too. Good to hear from you. And uh, Benjamin, did you want to jump in on either Sheila's comment or Reeve's comment there? Uh, not necessarily. Well, kind of on the first one, the first comment, because um, I broke up a little bit because of the emotionals I was feeling. But I did have two books that I wanted to recommend because you mentioned that uh, you said it marked the hundredth year of the Tulsa, uh, right. Tulsa. And then the two books that I wanted to recommend was The Burning by Tim Madigan and then Black Wall Street because it directly ties into what you were saying. Um, and just the, I guess the remembrance of it, and it's kind of hard for me uh, to 
speak on it, but I'm going to try my best. But because I think my granddad was around in this time, my grandma and granddad were, I think, around during these times. And to hear them mention it and then to do more self-educating on myself, on my part, because I think that's what we all need is self-education. Um, and to know that's hit, that's not taught. That's really not taught. I didn't learn it in school. I didn't learn it in college. I didn't really hear anything about it until I'm 31 now. So I just recently heard about it a couple of years ago. So for those who don't know what the Tulsa riot was, it was a massacre of, of uh, African-Americans. And we had our own Black-owned businesses. We had doctors. We had nurses. nurses. We had our own infrastructures. We had everything. It was a, basically a whole, it was like a Black Wall Street, essentially. Um, and we were essentially killed for it. We were bombed. We were killed. We were taken out of our, uh, burned, the whole thing got burned down. We were taken out of our homes, uh, taken out of our businesses. And it was, it's sad. It's sad to know that when you try to do your own thing or if, if in the world we live in now as a black man, you don't get anything handed to you. You don't, you have to always work for it. You have to be constantly showing that this isn't for you. This is for someone else. And then when you step outside of that and be like, okay, we'll do our own thing. And then to realize we can't even do our own thing because it'll get burned down or taken. It's, it's really sad and it hurts a lot to know that we have, we, and there was a woman who was, I think there was three survivors. She was just on the news not too long ago. I think they're like in their hundreds. They had just reached like a hundred years old and they were telling their stories of it. And to hear their stories like, which is insane that they lived through it and to know that that is part of history and that's happened. And it, I hope it doesn't, I hope we are going to a place where it doesn't continue to happen, but to know that that part of history has happened, that it can be that gruesome. It can be that dark. It can be that bad to where just because we look a different way, people take everything from us that we built and we have to I'm start glad, from all over again. So. I'm glad so you mentioned those two books. Yeah. yeah. The burning and black wall street, right? Yes, I'm glad black you mentioned those because, um, in Black Wall Street by Hannibal B. Johnson. Okay, because there has been a lot of attention given the 100th anniversary. And like you, Benjamin, you know, I always thought I was a reasonable student of history. And until a couple of years ago, I had not heard of this either. So um, the attention is long overdue. Um, I wanna go back to the listeners and um, Shannon recommends anything written by Virginia McGregor as a great summer read and a New Hampshire author. And turn to New Hampshire authors. Listeners always love it when we talk about New Hampshire authors on this show. So, Michael, New Hampshire authors that you wanna that you wanna share. Uh, the first one that I think is on a few of our lists is uh, the Hummingbird's Gift by Cy Montgomery. She she lives in Hancock, um, and this is uh, a, some material that was expanded from a chapter in her book Birdology, and it's about the rescue of some baby hummingbirds. And Cy uh, is a beautiful writer. And uh, it's a beautiful story. And it was a great, great gift uh, for Mother's Day. I'll tell you that. It's, um, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful little gift edition. And Cy is married to a man named Howard Mansfield, who has a book coming out in October, which is not for summer reading, but I just want to put in a little plug for it now. It's called Chasing Eden. And it's all about um, just the American propensity to, uh, to be chasing these utopian ideas. And Howard is uh, very, he has, I hope he's not listening to hear me compliment him, but uh, he has a very fertile mind and, um, and his writing shows it. So uh, Howard, I hope you're not listening when I complimented you. <laughs> <laughs> or hope that he is listening, yeah. Well, maybe, okay. <laughs> New Hampshire authors, Dan? Well, I just want to second Michael, first of all, and, and say, um, 
Cy and Howard are, um, they're the literary power couple of New Hampshire. Uh, the work they do is so important. And they've been incredible mentors to all of us independent booksellers. Um, they've been very supportive of us, but they've also given us a lot of great guidance. So I'm very grateful to Cy and Howard for not just their work, but their friendship and their support. Um, in terms of uh, local authors, I have two New Hampshire poets. Both are on the faculty at Phillips Exeter Academy. And uh, these are nationally, uh, nationally known poets. Uh, Matt W. Miller has a new uh, book of poems called Tender the River, um, which is set in and around the Merrimack where he grew up uh, in Lawrence and Lowell. And that's a uh, wonderful collection of poems. And then uh, Willie Perdomo, who is also on the faculty at the uh, Phillips Exeter Academy. Um, and he actually um, is uh, from New York City. He was raised in the, uh, the Puerto Rican and, uh, and black communities there. And he has a new uh, incredible book called uh, Smoking Lovely, The Remix, uh, another collection of poems. And uh, those are two very important books for Water Street Bookstore this spring. All right. We have got to take a very quick break. When we come back, more book recommendations from our booksellers. And we'll get into a little bit more of um, science fiction, also nonfiction. All that's coming up. Stay with us. This is The Exchange on NHPR. listening to NHPR for about as long as I can remember. New Hampshire Public Radio went on the air on the date of our son's first birthday. I've only been here for about four months. NHPR has just helped me get more perspective on the state that is now my home. Whether you've been listening for just a few weeks or you've been a loyal listener for decades, NHPR is your public radio station. Actively support your connection to community-minded journalism by becoming a member at NHPR.org. This is The Exchange. I'm Laura Canoy. Tomorrow in our show, new rules for unemployment insurance. We talk with the Deputy Commissioner of New Hampshire Employment Security. That's Wednesday morning, live at 9. Today, it's our annual summer book show. And all the books mentioned this hour by our three independent bookstore owners and by you, our listeners, will be put on our website later today. It is nhpr.org exchange. It's a great local summer reading list for you. So check it out a little bit later. Again, nhpr.org slash exchange. Right now you can email us your questions and the names of books you love at exchange at nhpr.org or you can give us a call at 800-892-6477. So uh, Sarah writes, I am reading Joan Silber's Secrets of Happiness like a novel in stories. Sarah says, I also love Tracy Lang's forthcoming We Are the Brennans in the vein of Saints for All Occasions. Sarah, thank you for those recommendations. Tom and Rye recommends The Price You Pay for College, an entirely new roadmap for the biggest financial decision your family will ever make by New York Times columnist Ron Lieber, who was a guest in The Exchange a few years ago. Ron really gets into the details of higher education so that consumers can make wise choices. Wow, Tom, thank you for that. I've got someone considering college right now, so I really appreciate the recommendation. Again, you can send us your recommendations at exchange at nhpr.org or with a phone call to 
800-892-6477. And um, Michael Herman, I think you wanted to return to a book that one of our callers raised, Project Hail Mary. Did you want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, it's only probably the best summer read on any of our lists. And we haven't, and it's like 40 minutes into the show. We haven't talked about it. It's <laughs> All right, great. let's do it. Yeah, I mean, you know, you have a, a middle school teacher who's who's pressed under kind of mysterious circumstances into this mission to literally save humanity uh, when uh, when the sun starts to dim and they have to go into, into space to figure out what's happening. And, you know, it's a 500 page novel. I wish it was 800 pages or a thousand. Uh, it was just a great storytelling. Um, I, I can't I can't recommend it highly enough. I don't know. Global disaster. Haven't we had enough of that, Michael? No, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds a little different, so uh, I'll, I'll give you that for sure. It's, it's classic science fiction in the way that Isaac Asimov or Robert Heinlein or Arthur C. Clarke. I mean, those guys would have been proud to welcome Andy Weir into their company with this novel. I mean, oh, wow. Okay, and Dave and Dover also like science fiction. He says, I'm close to finishing the Expanse sci-fi series. It's a bit different than the TV show, more nuanced, easier to understand the various accents. I'm also reading the Billy Boyle mysteries set in World War II. For serious reading, I've been studying the World War II Battle of Hurtgen Forest, A Dark and Bloody Ground by Miller. On deck for serious reading, Lindsay Powell's Augustus at War on the Campaigns of the Roman Emperor. Wow, Dave, good for you. And um, he mentioned mysteries. Um, anybody want to talk about people coming in and looking for mysteries at their stores? Uh, Dan Chartrand, do you want to you go there? Well, um, a, one great mystery that uh, released a, about a month and a half ago, um, turns out Stacey Abrams is uh, the next Scott Turow. So you definitely need to uh, check out her new book. Um, and then uh, I do have a follow on to uh, Michael's uh, rave on Andy Weir's book. Um, there's a book coming out in a week, a week from today. It's called Rabbits by Terry Miles. And it's this kind of... Uh, it's the perfect book to understand QAnon conspiracy. Uh, it's a novel and it's kind of a, a mystery and it's got all this conspiratorial madness in it. And it's basically about these contests that are run that may or may not be a screening device for the NSA or the CIA. Uh, the people that win may be like recruited into those organizations. It's a, it's a great read. I can't wait for it to release and recommend it to our customers. Uh, it's also an indie next pick uh, for uh, June. Oh, cool. Okay, Rabbits. That's an easy title to remember. Too, Rabbits so. by Terry Miles. Other nonfiction, um, you know, we've talked a lot about fiction and that's great. That's my favorite genre, as you guys know. But Benjamin, other nonfiction books that you're recommending or that customers are asking about? So the book that I'm recommending, um, and I'm recommending it for my assistant manager, Jasmine, as we all know, is the brains behind this operation. Uh, she recommends The Black Tongue Thief by Christopher, Christopher I'm not sure how to say his last name, Buell, Buellman. And she says she wishes she could read this book again for the first time because it was so good. And that is her favorite book of 2021 so far. It has magic, monsters, adventures, and a-holes, butt-kicking female warriors, and sarcastically witty heroes. She read it within 24 hours and can't wait for book number one. So <laughs> oh recommend that's the highest said, recommendation you can give is I wish I could read this book again for the first time. Give us the title again, Benjamin, there. Yes, ma'am. It is The Black Tongue Thief. And again, if Jasmine recommends a book, it's worth reading. 
All right. Oh, that's great. Well, and uh, here's a couple more recommendations from our listeners. Joy says the racial unity team recently had a program about authors of color. We have a reading list on our website, racialunityteam.com. That's all one word. Reading books written by authors of color helps us understand their perspective. Uh, Joy says the racial unity team is a charitable organization that came out of the June 2015 shooting of nine black people at a church in Charleston, South Carolina. Wow, Joy, that's great. I had not heard about that. So thank you for letting us uh, know about that. Gary writes, do your guests have any comments about Cast by Isabel Wilkerson? I think we talked about this book last time, guys. Um, Michael, do you want to jump in on that? Yeah, I still think that's the best book. Uh, it provides just sort of a framework in which to understand um, uh, U.S. history um, by comparing it to uh, the caste system in India and and what the Nazis tried to do. Um, I, you know, I found it very valuable, and it's full of personal anecdotes that just sort of underline the historical analysis. I thought it was a great book. Wow. Anybody else on that one? Dan. You want to jump in on cast by Isabel Wilkerson? Isabel Wilkerson is an incredibly important author in that field. She also wrote A History of the Black Migration North that uh, is a prize-winning book and is the definitive account of, uh, of the migration north away from Jim Crow. Okay. Benjamin, anything else to, to put in there, either on cast or other books that, again, explore this history that we've been talking about? You've already given us a bunch of titles, but if there's any others out there that you want to make sure you get in on the air? They definitely covered it, but I can, since I didn't get to chime in on the local authors, we, and it kind of ties into what we were just saying, uh, we have a local author, Michelle arnosky Sherburn, and she wrote The Slavery and the Underground Railroad in New Hampshire, which kind of ties into what we were just saying and how the Underground Railroad runs, honestly, from the bookery straight up Manchester Street, and um, how a lot of People fleed from the North to escape Jim Crow and that slavery does exist up here, just not as, I guess, in your face as it is in the South, but to know that that was here and that is here. And um, yeah, and the other two gentlemen hit the nail on the head with everything else. Wow, okay, so that's a that's what I'm gonna have to read because I've often read like, it's unclear how much Underground Railroad there was here in New Hampshire, so that book clarifies it, so that's great. So. Um, Fun. Uh, we've, I've been working with a few people, honestly, since I had my history day in LGM, Le uh, Leadership Grid in Manchester, uh, in uncovering Black history in New Hampshire or up north. And there's a ton of it that is not told. And I don't think a lot of people know about. And the Underground Railroad is one of them. That's pretty big. And there's a lot of other things. I don't want to share his secrets because he's writing a book right now. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think a lot of people know that has black history in New Hampshire, New Hampshire alone, but in New, the, the North, so New England, and there's a ton of it. Michael, do you want to jump in? I had my uh, hand raised earlier because we were talking about uh, nonfiction recommendations. And uh, there's one that uh, John Ladon at the bookstore uh, recommends very highly. He's a big history buff, and he says this is the best work of history he's read this year. It's called Madhouse at the End of the Earth, and it's about an Antarctic expedition in 1898 that turned into just a, a psychological nightmare and just a tale of being trapped in the dark um, for months. And uh, Nathaniel Philbrick, who's a well-respected historian, says that this book deserves a place on the shelf next to Lansing's Endurance, which I, there's no higher praise for a work of, uh, you know, history about uh, Antarctic expeditions than that. So. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I'm really looking forward to it. Um, so that's uh, 
Madhouse at the End of the Earth. Um, and the author's name is Julian Sancton. Okay, yeah, and Nathaniel Philbrick, quite a renowned historian himself, and we have had him on, have had him on the show a number of times for his uh, his history books about New England. That's great, Michael. Dan, did you want to jump in too on other nonfiction titles that you want to make sure get out there before we close out the show? Well, I did want to affirm the caller that uh, recommended Secrets of Happiness by Joan Silber. Uh, Stephanie, um, our store manager, is also recommending that. And she says um, it's a, a novel, of, uh, actually linked stories that draw connections between people, starting with a set of siblings who learned their father had a second family, to the half-brother they never got to know, to the mistress of his high school girlfriend's husband and others. It sounds convoluted and arbitrary, but it's actually... The most lovely way to tell a story, Steph says, skipping lightly from connection to connection, weaving the disparate lives tightly together. Where's the story going to go next? You'll never guess. And that's the joy. So that's Secrets of Happiness by Joan Silver. All right. Well, and a couple more recommendations from our listeners. Uh, Peg in Waterville Valley says she's been reading Circe by Madeline Miller. Fantastic read. She fleshes out the characters of Greek mythology that are often two-dimensional in the classics. Peg says, you don't have to be a classics nerd to enjoy this great psychological exploration of familial conflicts, the relationships between mortals and immortals. Peg, I read that uh, book myself over the pandemic. Pam and Wentworth says, I've been rereading the Mary Renault fictional history series, including Last of the Wine, The King Must Die, The Persian Boy, all set in ancient Greece and Persian, they illuminate the time before and during Alexander the Great's reign. Renault is a wonderful writer and immerses the reader in the time period. Um, Michael, real quickly, it seems to me mythology is, is kind of having a moment. Um, what are you seeing? Well, it, it always does, because people always go back to these old um, stories, especially with Greek mythology for their subjects, because the stories are so powerful. And it always depends, uh, you know, how successful they are making emotional connections with the characters, how successful their novels are. There's a new one called Ariadne by Jennifer Saint, which is very good. I mean, these it's the story of two sisters whose brother just happened to be the Minotaur. Um, there's Ariadne and Phaedra, and they their stories both have well-known bad outcomes. Uh, but but this is this is a great uh, it's a great novel, and um, it's. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, the men in the story don't come off too well, but uh, they deserve <laughs> they deserve it. So I, I thought that was a really good novel. It's called Ariadne. Well, and I've definitely seen some write-ups in all the sort of summer book lists um, about that, Michael, for sure. We have one minute left. I can't believe it. But um, I want to ask all of you and Benjamin, you first, please. What's the one book that you really hope to, you know, by September 1st, say, okay, at least I read that book this summer. What's the one book that you're for sure going to be reading, Benjamin? So the one book I'm for sure going to be reading, I'm almost done with it, so I'll probably have another one by September. But the <laughs> one I'm reading now is The Wealth Choice. It's Success Secrets of Black Millionaires by Dennis Kimbrough. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, I don't read a lot for pleasure. I'm reading a lot for personal growth and knowledge. So that's the biggest one on my list right now that I want to get done uh, within the next couple of weeks. Okay, awesome. Dan Chartrand, how about you? What are you absolutely going to make sure you read this summer? I'm going to make sure I read A World on the Wing by Scott Bidensall. It's subtitled The Global Odyssey of Migratory Birds. It came out a few months ago. I've got it set aside for this summer. Okay, great. And you can watch the birds while you read it. Um, Dan, Michael, how about you? 
Well, I just finished uh, The Premonition by Michael Lewis, which is all about um, the year of COVID and public health officers trying to fight it. And, um, you know, it's a great book. And so next I'm looking forward to a book called The Plague Year by uh, Lawrence Wright that's coming out next week just to round out my reading on COVID. Okay. Thank you all very much for joining us. It's been great to talk to you. We could have talked a lot more. Again, listeners, all the books mentioned from our guests and from you will be on our web post later today. It's nhpr.org slash exchange. We've been talking with Dan Chartrand, Michael Herman, and Benjamin Paisley. And today's show was produced by NHPR news host and exchange producer, Jessica Hunt. Thanks everybody for listening. This is The Exchange on NHPR. The views expressed in this program are those of the individuals and not those of NHPR, its board of trustees, or its underwriters. If you liked what you heard, spread the word. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts to help other listeners find us. Thanks.